Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Philip Saloon, welcome. Hey, how are you? All right, all right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's, um, yeah, man, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, crazy shit going on. We need to get some information out to the people. So this is why Definitely. you're here. Uh, Phil, for people that don't know, Phil runs his own company called Opes Trading Group, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, do you want to you fill the people in about Opes and what it do? Yeah, what you do. Yeah, so... I was actually in a background of uh, medical medical um, science. So I used to do medical radiation science. I oh, used really? to do x-raying in Blackdown Hospital, actually. Oh, hey. Yeah, All right, so, there you go. And it wasn't too long before I realized it's just not my passion. You know, I needed something, uh, something that I was more passionate about. I've never understood, you know, how people can actually wake up, go to work. I knew there was always um, something more to it. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. It's, yeah. it's a crazy thought to punch in the clock all the time, right? Exactly. So I saw um, cryptocurrency. I got into it in 2017, actually, before the first big boom. Okay. Um, I made some good money. No knowledge of psychology, anything like that. Yeah. It wasn't too long before I lost all the money. <laughs> like everyone else, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then I decided I want to know everything there is to do about this game. Mm. So a friend of mine introduced me to Forex trading. And it was a tough journey, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's trading currency, right? Forex yeah, trading? so okay. trading currencies, commodities, indices. I mainly focus on currencies. And okay. um, two, three years of just pretty much Slugging up and down and you know, late nights, yep. studying this thing all on my own. And then I started finding consistency over the years. And then in 2019, yes, 20, end of 2019, the whole time through my journey, there was never anyone to educate me. Mm. And there was a lot of, um, you could say, fake mentors online. Okay. You couldn't, no trustworthy sources. Yeah. And I thought to myself, why can't I do this and provide actual real value to the people? It's hard to find people you can try. I, I just to, try, to chime in, I was looking into it many years ago because I used to work with a guy who, was do, who had done it before and he still was doing it on the side. He worked for, I think they're called Forex. I think that's what they're called. No. Can't remember. Mm. But he tried explaining it to me and I was like, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad we're trading Chinese currency. I'm like, no, 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 you've lost me, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, it is a very complicated, complex structure to follow it, it and find out what you do. To start, I guess, you know, because it's, yeah. it's a new ball game, especially from like x-raying and it's things like, like that. I compare it to learning a new language. Yeah, pretty yeah. much is, eh? Yeah. Because you're speaking all these different words exactly. and things. Yeah, yeah, no idea. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you. I'm still, I still don't know. I dabble in chairs, but mate, it's like... Yeah, There's so much to learn about everything. So, yeah, so that's why I decided I want to open Opus Trading Group. It's pretty much a forex education company. Yeah, I educate people on you know the journey, what trading is, um, how to look at the markets. Yeah, and um, you know it's good because they say when you teach, you learn yourself. So definitely, yeah. So I've been pretty much full time trading for two years now and full time educating. Beautiful. And um, in the process of um, branching out into you know subscription services stuff like it's that good, all within the trading world so yeah it's good man and it's quite a lot of knowledge to absorb right you got to learn yeah and there's a lot of timing involved as well from what i've researched like you have to be active at a certain time when the other markets are open Correct. and close and yeah it's quite a lot man it's not just a normal nine to five it's probably worse than a nine to five almost right it's, it's <laughs> definitely worse but at the end of the day it's you're doing it for yourself and it feels good correct and, yeah the word opus itself actually is a Latin word meaning wealth. And I specifically chose that word good because. Word, good word. Yeah, because a lot of people have this misconception that Forex is this get rich quick scheme overnight. You know, I'm going to make a million dollars overnight. 
No, it's actually about building, compounding real wealth. And if you go into it with um, without that mentality, soon enough you're going to find out why um, you're going to yeah. get burnt. Bro, nothing get rich quick ever works. Right? Gambling yeah. doesn't work. Drug dealing doesn't work. None of these exactly. get rich quick schemes have never worked. Exactly. So anything that that, that requires um, wealth or, or or sort of any sort of growth, you got to put the hard work in, right? Anything. Exactly. But particularly this, yeah, it's um, I don't know. I, I looked into it. I thought at the at the timing when I first heard about it, you put some money in, you you know, you gamble a little bit, and you get some cash back. I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's, no. yeah we'll give it a go. And then when the guy I knew started trying to explain it to me, I was like, bro. What the fuck are you talking yeah, it's, about? It's, <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot um, more complex than what people think. Yeah. But when you understand it, it's actually so simple. Yeah, I guess I guess that would be about two years in, right? You've got to get your, yeah. you know, your stripes. It's like anything. You've got to put the hours in. Yep. Nothing in life comes easy. No, no. Just like any, you know, people compare it to, I compare it to going to uni. People go to uni for three, four, five years to mm. study, you know, any topic they want to study. Same thing. Why Same can't thing. you? Why can't you put two, three years into this? Well, I think because some people have this um, this systemic programming where going to uni and getting the certificate is important. Which exactly. I'm not saying it's not, but there are other things in life, like you're saying, right, where you can sort of spend the same time, if not less, but then get back tenfold on your investment, which is the time you've spent learning, right? Yeah. Um, this is what is very interesting about what you do because it's not everybody's cup of tea, and it's a very different ball game especially if you've been working on a salary for so long or if you've been exactly, yeah. you know, studying for so long it's 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 literally deprogramming where your head's at and then going into something else it's like i was watching this um this show the other day the million pound menu it's just these guys these they cook for these entrepreneurs and they try and start these restaurants and mm. this guy was on a, a law degree for five years and he quit his law degree to run a bit a restaurant and his parents he's in the uk his parents were freaking out but he he struck me as a very interesting character because he took the traditional methods of, you know, in the UK, I'm guessing law is quite popular and he threw it out the window to chase his dream of being a restaurant owner, a restaurant runner, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it goes completely against the narrative and he was even, you can see it in his face, his parents must have been, you know, blown to pieces when they heard the news, right? I'm sure your parents must have taken a... Exactly the same. <laughs> been like, what so, the fuck are you doing, mate? <laughs> you know? I was in pretty much exact um, situation. So I was meant to, you know, go open my own clinic, um, open a radiology clinic do the whole lot but man when you have no passion something just doesn't work well how fun can no offense to anyone that's a radiologist but how fun is radiology right there's money look that that's why they say when you do what you love you never work a day in your life i never believed that until now i really i really never believed that until now it's so true man because i i work as a broker i run my own finance business and i love the the process and all that but do I love it? Like, do I get out of bed every morning and say, I yeah. fucking love brokering? Mm. Yeah. Sort of 50-50, right? Um, and that's just being completely honest, right? But you yeah. look and sound like you absolutely love what you do. I can do it all day, every day. Well, the good thing, yeah. you can do it anywhere, right? Exactly. You don't have to be at home. You can be on the other side of the world. Anywhere else. Now. Phone, laptop, yeah. internet connection. It's all I need. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's sort of the beauty, beautiful things of life, man. Being stuck yeah. in four walls, just punching the clock, it's not what life's about, you know? You not at to all. Be, living and breathing like ourselves and yeah. we're very um, complex beings. We have such a strange brain structure that we need to apply it and this is sort of what you're, what you're doing, man. I love it. I love the, the chase the dream hustle, you know. It's, yeah. it's, not everyone can say they've done it or they're doing it. I, I sort of to a certain degree I am but fuck, man, to go out from a, a radiology 
business almost on the on the cusp of starting your own thing and then yeah. boom, just sack it and go into this. Say so what? So your parents must have. Um, so this this is what I wanted to actually tell you. It's uh, we moved from an in industrial age. Yeah into um, the information age, right? So all our parents and many of our parents, they have the traditional way of thinking where it's like get a good job, buy a house, you know, live a good life. It's yes, that did work for them, but we we both know that doesn't work now. You can barely buy a house now with with a traditional nine to five. So we are in the age of information. Look who's the, the... you know, the wealthiest people in the world, YouTubers. Mm. Imagine walking up to your they parents. They really are, aren't they? Yeah. Ima- uh, I watch, yeah. Sorry, go, go. No, no, I was going to say, imagine walking up to your parents saying, I want to do trick shots on YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's funny, man. I watch that guy. He goes up to people with rich, like famous, um, expensive cars and you ask them what they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, many of them are YouTubers. They look like the biggest nerds. Some of them don't even look like they know how to drive the Ferrari they're sitting in. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. It's like, dude. That's yeah. just it's but you're right, the information age it is and it's funny because trends are making dollars now, right? Exactly, if yeah. you're if you've got a following, that's turning into dollars. You know, likes and followers are no longer likes and followers, they're turning into dollars it's and money. cents. Um so you're right, man, the age of information is completely changing. But that's where we saw like an influx of influencers, right? In a, I think it was maybe two years ago. Every woman with a rig on her was an influencer, you know, and promoting these protein shakes and promoting this and promoting yeah. that. And, mate, kudos to them. That's information. But it's information. That's right. It's not a traditional form of applying yourself and earning money. It's the age of information. If they got a good ass and they got a good rig on them and they look good, <laughs> put them in front of this fucking protein shake and they'll sell. Exactly. And that's what's happening, right? And they're just women out of nowhere. Just boom, I've got a good rig. Let's do it. Look, that happened in the past too. You look at old cigarette ads, alcohol oh, ads. True, it's yeah. the same. Yeah. But these days you can do it for yourself. And that's you can the do difference. it any – the difference is you don't need a TV. A and, company and a, correct. To, to, to look after you, managers. No, no it's all for yourself. That's and right. people have woken up to that. And think about Facebook, right? Facebook is free when you think about it. Yeah. But it's not free. Mm. They are sell- selling the most valuable thing in this world. The data. Data and information. I learned something very interesting the other day. It was a clip. Everybody needs to do this. It's a setting. It's in your settings on your Facebook that when your Facebook is not on, it's still tracking you. I don't know if you know about this. I think, yeah, I think I've seen that. It's this button you've got to click i need to find it i can't even use facebook on my phone i don't even know why but there's this button where it's and i'm trying to find it i'll post it on my page it's this link you follow this thing and then it fucking turns off the facebook tracking because they're selling your data even when you're not using the app so if you go on your internet banking or you go on car sales or you go on a asos or whatever that data is being used by facebook and then distributed across so that's mate straight on the money the data your own and we're seeing a lot of that too but in all the apps like WhatsApp and all these other things, the phones have now got all these tracking services and it's now becoming, you're right, the way the information is being distributed and used, that's more valuable than gold. That's now. who's making the money. <laughs> yeah. And look, Facebook, what they do is they sell your data, you get the ads on your phone. A lot of people say, oh, my phone's listening to me, my phone's this, my phone's that. Yeah, but they're just using it as data. Then they target clients like myself yeah. who use Facebook for advertising for yeah. my own business. Yeah. And then I'm selling my, you know, I'm selling those ads to people that are interested in what I do. Mm. So this is the information age and this is where, where we are at the moment. And I don't think our parents actually really can comprehend they can't, man. the age we are in. Because they're, they're, they're almost, 
we're born into it and they're sort of like um, growing with it, you know. Like they've been exactly. around before and after. Before internet, after internet. Yeah. So like I was born in 88, so I got a taste of pre-internet. Like yeah. it was all – you couldn't use the phone while someone was on the computer. Like, But where it shifted, like I could only imagine what it would be like to be a 60-year-old man right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he went from – God knows wherever, Lebanon or whatever, to war, no internet. <laughs> and now it's like you can run your business on your phone yeah. and we are sort of thriving in that environment and they're sort of still catching wind of it. They're sort of picking things up as they go. Um, and that's such a, it's such an interesting point because I always get asked the question, you know, what, you know I'm, like I'm looking to buy a house now and um, fuck, it's a nightmare. Approval took that long and yeah. the, the market's terrible Especially to buy. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's always like you buy, you know, buy a house, you're still looking. I'm like, yeah, I'm still looking, man. But it's if you go to the auctions, you go to the open, you see it's it's not the way it should be. It's different. It's very, very different. It's very difficult now um, compared to how it was because I imagine back then they were buying houses for 20 or 30 grand. The stamp duty was still 3% on that purchase price. You fast forward 30, 40 years, the stamp duty is still 3% on a million dollars. Like, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the sort of differences that we're having to... In- inflation... Yeah, the value of the dollar, which Massive. you know, I'm going to get into later. Yeah, all this stuff is, 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 you know, still the same. Yeah, yeah, but everything's, you know, everything's inflated, but the wages still the same, pay's still the same. So that's why, when people are hustling and trying to make a dollar, and you see influencers, I really don't blame them. Everyone's just trying to make a dollar. Neither do I. Yeah, I don't care. It, it's, <laughs> it gets annoying because um. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's <laughs> stuff I don't I don't believe yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, what do you think about OnlyFans? Oh, that's you know, because the guy that created it is one of the most successful dudes of this generation, right? He's worth millions now, billion. I don't know what he's worth now, but that's a crazy concept, right? You just have to exactly. register an account, get your ass out, and you can make money. I don't You're believe in it. You're a virtual stripper, right? Like it's <laughs> like I said, I don't believe in it. Each to their own. Yeah. But the idea itself is genius. It is genius as right? an idea. But for the for the for the soul of the humans in this earth, it's it's of it's, course it's scary, right? Of course, yeah. I don't, I don't like I said, I don't believe in it. No, no. Each to their own. But the idea itself, because I know people that use OnlyFans for actual content. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There's actually um, people that use it for content. No shit. Yeah. So it's not only used. Um, obviously, the majority are using it for that field. Yeah. However, there are people that use it for actual work and business, especially a lot of famous people that want to show people, say, their houses. Um, they want to show them their oh, lifestyle. I didn't know that. So it's like, come look at my lifestyle. Um, but you got to pay for it. But you got to pay for Ten it. Ten bucks a month. So it's now you don't need the TV. You don't need MTV to come do that That's for right. you anymore. You're doing it for yourself. Well, it's funny because we're so interested in and intrigued by how people that have money live and what live, their life yeah. looks like. What, like That's it, social media. It is, right? But it's not important. Exactly. You're never going to see, you're never going to meet them, you're never going to have any relevance to their life. Yeah. It's a crazy concept that you pay to see what this guy does, unless you're doing it to get ideas because you've got heaps of money. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, if you're just paying $10 a month to watch a rich dude show you his fucking house, Yeah. go back to MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Foxtel I mean, use that time that you're doing that <laughs> yeah. and invest it in yourself. Of That's course. how I see it. Well, we, we, um, a, lot of, a lot of things I've learned over the years, particularly about ourselves, is you need to invest in yourself. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crucial for anything. Even if you're st- not even just studying, anything health-wise, drinking water, exercising, learning, reading, these are all investments every in aspect, yourself. Every aspect. Because as you said, as the age of information continues and it grows and it's probably going to get worse and worse as the years go on, investing in yourself so you, you have a point of difference, you have knowledge, you yeah. actually have fundamental things that you can spread that's 
crucial, right? It's, uh, exactly. it's very, very important. But um, age, age of information, it can be used in two ways. It can be used for extreme good or extreme bad. So mm. it's like Instagram. I, don't, I personally don't have Facebook. Yeah. I have Instagram. My Instagram is solely used for the purpose of work. Yeah. And you've seen me. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. I do is just promote myself, promote Correct. my work. Look, there's a lot of people, you go on their Instagram, you scroll through it, it's just complete rubbish. Mm. It, it's up to you what you use your social media for. Definitely. It can actually be used for very um, very good stuff. Well, it's changed, bro. Like Instagram, I don't know if you you go through someone's page and you go back to 2014 and they've got that stupid filter of a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then you look at it now and then you've got, you know, people like Donald Trump communicating with the world off of that. his Twitter, yeah. you know? And that used to... Social media, once upon a time, was just a way to express yourself was a way to you know link up with your friends and have a good old chat and whatever and share photos like i don't know if you remember facebook maybe nine ten years ago when you want to commu- talk to someone you just post on their wall yeah it's like hey yeah, phil yeah, how yeah. you going good bro what yeah. are you doing come over like that was how we used to communicate and it's gone from communication now to levels of government that you never would have thought would be able to distribute communication effectively. broadcasting system it really is yeah. You know, and that's what's changed the world. Especially, I think Trump was one of the first to really hit Twitter, Twitter. on the head and hit it hard. Um, that's also a problem because... Look, in my industry, yeah. you don't know what Trump has done through Twitter to the markets. I've followed it very slowly because I've got some interest in gold and a little bit in the share market, but it's only here, not, not overseas. But You've got gold? Yeah, yeah. You've seen what he does to it then? It's scary because I'm seeing what's happening to silver now. Which is yeah. fucking also pretty scary, and this is all, this is sort of the stuff we want to get into. Um, but with with the gold, talk to me about the gold because I, I I I followed it a little bit about what's going on, but I haven't got the level of understanding that you do. So so gold is what we call pretty much a, a safe haven. Yeah, when people want to park their money in times of uncertainty, in times of say political unrest, wars, yeah, um, COVID. Yeah. Where do you park your money? Yeah. Gold. Something tangible, right? Exactly. Because it's seen as a safe haven that's been going up in value since, you know, what, pretty much the beginning of time. So what happens is, is Trump actually had a massive influence on the price of gold. I remember watching him tweet um, when they sent the missiles at um, Iran. When they killed that dude. Was that? Yeah, was- and they shot the 18, I think it was the 18 ballistic missiles. They were going after that general. That's right. We spoke about this, you and I. On one, one of the generals. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw gold, f- you know, just fly in front of my eyes. Within, really? Like in five minutes. Like what did it go to? Because now it's at like 2500 an ounce, Australian. Um, I followed the US prices. Okay. Yeah, right, so, so I follow in US. 1400 So what, what did it no, go to? It's about 18, 18 at the moment. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What I'm yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what, I t- what I'm talking about is a $50 move, but in what I do, a $50 move can be, you know. Substantial. It's, it's, yeah, because we're using something called leverage. So our money's all leveraged and multiplied. So we're not trading one-to-one. Okay. Yeah. So then um, five days later, he goes on and says, we want peace with Iran. And you just see gold come right back down. So this right. is, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, market manipulation. This is what's interesting with what's happening now with GameStop. Because, yeah, Okay. Because we're used to seeing big players do it. Correct. And now we're seeing retail traders do it, but there's also a lot of stuff around it that I want to talk about. But before we get started, I just wanted to say, since I was young, someone's told me about any topic in life is to follow the money. Yes. Good advice. Follow the money to find out the truth about anything. That's so true. 
you, you will find the money. It's answers it's the question. Everything, bro. It's right. It's everything. You look at COVID. You look at all anything that's happening in the world is always about money. You yeah. know, the election was not for the good of the people. It's for money, right? It's Greed, to gain the tower. power. Yeah. The, 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 the this is what I've started to sort of. Um, really come to terms with you know with people in power powerful positions with a lot of money um, do they really care for the Joe Blows that are punching the clock earning 50 grand a year they probably couldn't give two fucks right exactly um, this is what I've really started to become very aware of but just going back to gold real quick I noticed a huge drop in gold um, around November the 3rd so leading like after the post the US election mm. gold was a bit I don't know if this is true but from what I from the company that I invest with, I was following the the gold was sort of going up and then it dropped. Yeah. It went quite low actually. Now it's sort of gone back to where it was. Yeah. Um, but that was based on an election in the US. It actually wasn't. That was wasn't due it? to the vaccine um, optimism. So they came out and said right. we found the vaccine. Now you think about it. If the world's got COVID, that's uncertainty. Mm. People are pumping money into gold. Mm. The second they said we've got a vaccine, that's safe. a relief. So, so they, they pull their, their money, money out, out of gold. That's how it works. I thought it was because Trump winning would be something would mean something for gold or Biden and all that sort of stuff. It does. Don't get me wrong. But what we what we were dealing with right now in the markets, what I'm dealing with as a trader is um, it's pretty much what we call risk on risk off. It's what type of mood is the whole market and the whole world and the sentiment in. Are we risking right. or are we not risking? It's more of an emotional process. The whole trading game is emotions. Yeah, right. So it's emotional gambling. That can't yeah. be good for you. <laughs> uh, I, would, I wouldn't, I don't, I personally hate the word gambling. No, no, I just, because yeah. I think if you're playing the pokies to, to win with your heart, <laughs> you're going about it the yeah. wrong way, you know? No, so in my course, I actually focus a lot on psychology. I work with mindset coaches. I yeah, work good. with people who actually, um, you know, really dig into your brain, find out your, your, you know, your traumas from your past because that can affect you on the chart. And we work with strict, very, very strict, um, you know, what we call strategies, risk to rewards, how much we risk. Mm. So it's all calculated to the T. And you look at it, banks do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because this, like, in my field, my job is probably probably 90% mental. Yeah. In your, it's in your output, right? So, you know, it's just a, slight, just a small, uh, like if you have, for example, a bad day, punch on with your wife, and then you go into the office and you've got to talk to a client and try and get them to buy your product, your, your state of mind is going to be off. Same thing, it's, yeah. And it's the same thing. And yeah. our industry, I've been doing this for a long time and it's 90% mental. And I'd imagine it's very similar. Yeah. You need to have some wit, right? And you've got to know how to read things. But of course, yeah. mentally, you've got to be sound because you've got to really can't get emotional with this stuff, right? You can't get too... Um, we can't let your emotions get the better we, of you. We actually work with no emotions. So if I have a good day, a really good day or a really bad day, I treat them as the same. Because so how do you do that? It's, it all comes down. So I personally have, you know, my routines, you know, the waking up early, going for walks, um, constantly working on my body, what I eat. Uh, I do a lot of meditation, inner work, because you need to keep yourself in check every single day. Yeah. It's not one of these things where you can just practice it for a bit and then you'll be all right for the next month. No, yeah, it's yeah. You, every day you've got to wake up and treat it as a new day and do it all over again. You know, my business partner gave me the analogy this is about meditation specifically because um, I've really only recently got into uh, what's it called binaural beats binaural beats yeah. getting your frequencies right and being in the right state of mind and he was talking to me and he said look you wake up you have a shower you brush your teeth because you're 
teeth are dirty, your body's dirty. You need to do the same thing with your brain. You need to really refresh your brain. Yeah. Start fresh in the morning, cleaning your brain. How do you do it? You meditate. You do these things that are going to um, attract the right ways of thinking. And I never thought about it that way because you're always focusing on the external, right? So I look good. What do people do first thing in the morning? Oh, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm the fucking biggest victim of it. You pull up your phone first thing, but you wake up and you got notifications, right? Or you got emails or you got anything. And then you find yourself just, just going across the it's Instagram. First thing your brain's taking in. That's right. Whereas the first 10 minutes of the day, that's, um, that's setting the mood for the day. That's so, so cool. Imagine, imagine you look at your phone and you see something you don't like. You've already started your day. That's so true, bro. Because I, I got through, I got to a point, especially last year, where I was heavily invested in what's happening around the world. And I found myself going to bed looking at the same shit and waking up looking at the same shit and it was affecting my mood. Mm. Um, simply because everything I was looking at was just so dark and you know, gloomy and negative and you know, the world's ending and COVID and pedophiles and elites running the world. You found and, yourself attracted to the same thing you don't want to be attracted yeah, to. Yeah, and then yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, fuck me, I'm tired, man. I'm drained. This is really taking it out of me. Um, and what was spurring me on was a lot of people were finding comfort in what I was sharing. People were like, man, I love what you're doing. And I'm like, well, people are getting some good, uh, I guess, feedback out of this or they're able to take something out of it. But what I didn't realize was because I hadn't been able to separate the mental aspect as in get, getting emotionally involved in it, I wasn't able to articulate it in an in a, uh, objective way. It was very subjective where I was only seeing one side or I was only focusing on one thing and it was, dro- it was just driving this, oh, the world's ending, you know, fuck the world, it's shit and Trump and all this stuff and you're just focusing all the time because you wake up and you go to bed to it. And that's exactly. what and I'm doing podcasts on it and I'm, I'm watching podcasts and I'm watching YouTube videos and all I'm doing is just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, fuck, I've got to stop this, man. And I'm, I'm a big believer in you attract and, and you become what you focus on. Oh, definitely, bro. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so 100%. You're thinking of that 24-7. You're only attracting things like that to yourself. That's why I, I kind of understand it. I read about it, but then you have to kind of just brush it off. It's, that's where I was not able to draw the line. Yeah. I think it was maybe my wife or my business partner, both of them maybe. It's like, fuck. Like all I was talking about was it. It was all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'll come home from work. How you going, babe? How was your day? Yeah, yeah, kiss my son. Mm, fuck, you know Trump. And like, she's like, fuck. <laughs> you know? And it's like, what's there's more to life than all the bad things because we have to acknowledge what's going on is pretty – we don't even know half the time, right? It's all this yeah. shit going on. But I've always been one to try and seek, seek the truth and – um it's it's been a very interesting year, especially last year. It was a very big year to wake up to everything that's going on, not to become too emotionally invested in these things because they're not important. Yeah. Um, and someone told my friend Ronnie told me he said, "Man, just do you. Stay in your lane. Take care of your family. Pay your bills, and just do you. Because nothing yeah. nothing you're doing is going to bring you anything." Um, Look, you you were planting seeds. That, correct. That in itself is I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, I really respect people that plant seeds and I respect you for that. But Thank in terms you. of don't fall into your own trap kind of thing. That's what it is, man. Yeah. That's I find myself getting g up when I see a video about Trump. I'm like, why am I getting g up for a fucking American president who has never met me, who will never meet me, who I think is trying to do the right thing? I, th- I thought he was trying to do the right thing and we still don't know. But my thought was based on what I was researching, what I was watching. Yeah. And because... You know, you follow one page and it suggests another page. And before you know it, you're waking up and it's, boom, everything about patriots. And it's like, fuck. And you become 
encapsulated by this and world. That, that's what they want. That's exactly what they want. And then when it's funny because when Phil was on, um, Phil, when JP was on here last, we were talking a similar conversation, Topic. and. It was about information, and there were. Do you remember last year there was those kids that were being trafficked through the furniture company? Yeah. And then last year there was all this stuff about pedophiles and all this stuff. Yeah. And then all out of nowhere it just went. Yep. I don't even remember what the furniture thing was called. Yeah. And he said, "Why do you think that is?" And we stopped. And we were, me and Christian and JP we were going, "What the fuck?" And he goes, "Because when they want you to know something, when they stop wanting you to know something, they will slightly just adjust the needle." And they'll move things away and they'll start... What do they do? They start culling pages. Pages start disappearing, promoting this stuff. And then the narrative starts to change and they start putting in front of you what they want you to see. And this is sort of the stuff that I was not aware, to, aware of until I started to really step, a step away and go, fuck. Mm. I am dipping myself in and I'm just cut, shutting the roof off and I'm leaving myself in this pit of whatever you call it, you know? Do you know, do you know how many people voted for Trump? Judging by, well, depends who who where you're getting your info from because we I don't think it was roughly. I'm saying roughly 75 million. Uh, that's that was the the narrative. Okay. Um, now imagine 75 million people looked at themselves in the mirror and said, "I'm capable of changing the world. Yeah. We can all march down and change the world instead of us and in the whole world. What we've been doing for for you know the years." Giving our power freely to kings, to queens, mm. to leaders, to warlords. And that's what people were doing. So the whole Trump, there's the cue, which I actually did believe in slightly at the start. Mm. But I kept an open eye. So all these things, the way I see it is, they're put there to create the vision, right? Yeah, they, want the vision. Yeah. they want the vision. They want the vision. There's Trump single-handedly created extreme left and extreme right. There's people that extremely hate him and people extremely for him. Yeah. There's no one that's really, I don't know, mediocre about it, right? So look at America now. Mm. And um, if you look at The Economist magazine for 2021, one of the main, you know, because a lot of people decipher the messages out of it, it's American flag ripped in half. Mm. And it shows you that they've created what they wanted. It's true because towards the end of, the, uh, the end of last year, it was like, the Patriots against BLM and Antifa. It was mm. like this line down the middle. It's either you support Antifa and Black Lives Matter or you support Trump and the Patriots. And I started to see it a lot because it was like nitpicking at the opposite side. And even when they did their debates, they were – there was just – there wasn't any constructive conversation. It was just, oh, you're shit at that. You're not good at that. You've done this. Where did you do this? Your son's a crackhead. Like it's just all – It's all a show, man. That's right. It's all entertainment for the people and they're pretty much just looking at them right in the face and saying we're laughing <laughs> right at you. It's, it's funny you say that, man. It's um, Once you actually look back at it all, it starts to really make sense what you're saying as in it is a big show because if – one thing that really got me thinking a lot was if the election was stolen – would you go down that easily? Like if you in your heart of hearts had irrefutable evidence as your lawyers were saying, if you knew that there was fraudulent activity going on. I even saw stuff in Italy, man. People going on the record, affidavit saying that they fucked with the election. I'm like, well, this is, this is just too much. Like there's obviously evidence of voter fraud. They've seen it. It's been documented that there is. And then he just sort of threw in the towel, so to speak. I'm like... So I'll, I'll tell you what type of person I am. I don't believe anything mm. to me all truth is half truth i don't believe a single thing and i believe everything is you know done precisely for manipulation 
The manipulation of, Interesting. of, of the population. Interesting. So, I question everything. So, so what are your thoughts about last year then? Do you think it was all just a big show? So what was the end goal? Was was Biden always going to win? Was was this is this whole presidency thing just a uh, farce? Like, what's your? So I want to actually get into the banking system and the financial system because yeah. I believe that's going to lead us into you know into all answering all these questions. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, to understand all this stuff, follow follow the, follow the money. I'm with you there, man. So, I, I um the banking system. Not a lot of people are aware just of how how money is. Yeah. Who they're actually enslaved to the yeah. debt system they're working in. So I just wanted to bring in. Um, so by the way, this is not my personal opinions, everything I'm going to tell you now, all this stuff, and I want to talk about it. This is all actual factuals, you know, um, documented from history. So I want to just talk about the federal reserve money, how money actually started, so how the banking system was, the, the banking started adopted. and what it is now. Yeah. So for, for those that don't know, you know, there's the, the federal reserve in America and the federal reserve is actually a privately owned um, company with stockholders. Is that the same same as Australian Reserve? Bank? So there's all the reserve banks in the world, yeah, and they're all. Um, I'm going to get into how they actually came to be in place. So okay. they actually there are no no reserves backing the money, and they're definitely not federal. There's a few countries that are not part Still of. Still don't system. have it. I Syria, think. North Korea. Um, is it Iran? Pretty sure few. Iran has one. It was, it was it was Syria definitely, and I think that why that's why ISIS. There was yeah, there was Libya stuff. for example that's now Libya, has it. Yeah, Cuba yeah. that now has it. That's right, and there was one more. I think it was North Korea. I think it's North Korea, bro. I can't remember. North Korea, I'm pretty sure they don't have one either. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, pretty much, I want I want to start to talk about money changes. So money changes are pretty much the people that I'm going to refer to, the ones that loan money, bring it back at an interest. Yeah. Right. So. Pre-Jesus, pre there was from the Roman days, Julius Caesar is actually one of the first people known to actually oppose money changes. Oh, really? Yeah, so it, it, that's how far back it goes. And they say his assassination, you know, was, was at their hands and it played a big role because he was okay. up against them. Okay, I believe that. So how money actually started is in medieval England. This is how the story of money started. There was the, the goldsmiths. So they were actually the money changers. So people used to come with their gold and say to the goldsmith, can I place this um, gold with you? And they'll give him a receipt. Now that started catching on because it's much easier to carry a piece of paper than the money, than or gold, gold. Yeah, yeah, than a bag right. of gold, yeah. right? So it was soon enough, these, um, these goldsmiths started realizing, hey, hardly anyone actually comes back to cash out all their gold at once. Mm. So what did they start doing? Printing more receipts than there was gold. And lending it out at interest. Okay. So this is we're talking like, you know, the 5th to the 15th century so medieval and, and, England. And gold was obviously the way you would buy or sell, right? Exactly. That was the currency then. And the receipt represented the what amount of gold. Okay. So it's like going to the ATM and that receipt is what is essentially the exactly. same process. Okay. So it was a paper backed by gold. Okay. Right? Um, so what happened is, yes, they started printing a lot more and they started cheating the system, making more interest on it, making money. And uh, what they would do even back then is they, they would grow the economy. There's something called hard, hard money and easy money. So there was times where they'd make it really easy to give people money. Then times they would start asking for all the money back or the interest. And is that what, based on the economy? Based on their economy back then. And it happens exactly right now. So as you can see now, it's really Inflation, hard to get loans. Yeah. It's really hard. And there's times where the bank's giving out loans like they're nothing, right? Mm. So then what, what did that do? 
leads to bankruptcy. All these goldsmiths, they're getting their money back, buying their assets because they can't afford to pay back, and they're getting them back for pretty much for, for nothing. And it all mm. derived from back then. Interesting. So, Interesting. Okay. So, all right. So this is where it all started. Then in 1100 AD, there was a King Henry I of England, just like Julius Caesar, attempted to do the same thing. He invented his, actually invented his own system of money. So he removed gold. He brought in a wooden stick. And wow. he, he had half, the people had half and it was marked. And every time they chopped it, the king chopped it. So he kept track. It's like a big fucking stick. And it was pretty much for the whole economy as a whole. I don't, I don't yeah, yeah. I've never dwelled exactly into how it works, but it was actually a wooden stick. And that's just to show the people that it's whatever, money is whatever you all agree on. Yeah, right? that's true. That's that all is it true. is. Yeah, that's very true. Um, 1500s, another king came in, relaxed these laws. The money changes, came back, jumped straight back onto the opportunity. They started making silver and gold and, um, and they started lending it out at interest once again. Then 1642 was the first time we actually witnessed, uh, one of the first times we witnessed the, the money changes actually financing someone, uh, a, name, a guy by the name of Oliver Cromwell, to actually take over and overthrow a king because he was against their money system. Right. Right. Okay. And by the end of the 1600s, pretty much England was a financial ruin and the government officials were starting to beg for loans necessary to continue. And now we all know Loans, um, loans are pretty much just slave. You know, you're, you're trapped. Yeah. You're a slave to the money that's as right. soon as you're in debt. So that's where the Bank of England started. Okay, and this is very important because the Bank of England was the first, um, the first bank that was not part of the government. And if you realize what did they call it, the Bank of England, mm. it's, it's very, it's very deceptive, and that, there's a reason they called it that. Okay. Um, so in 1694, they started learning out way more money than they had in, in uh, interest. And in exchange, this is all they asked, and this relates to now, they asked the politicians, we'll give your government as much money as you want on one condition, you guarantee the money back through taxation. Wow. So it was a guaranteed way that's of the 1600s. Them, that's in 1694. Holy shit. So this is how far back this has started. So you, how do you control a nation's economy? You, this, you control it by controlling its, its money supply, right? Correct, yeah. Um, then there was the rise of the Rothschilds. So for those that don't know, the Rothschild is a, is a family. So where they started is 50 years after the opening of the Bank of England in 1743, there was actually a goldsmith in, um, in Germany and he put the sign of a Roman eagle with a red shield on his red door. Red shield, okay. When you translate that into German, it's literally Rothschild. Wow. So his son came in, decided to officially change their last name to okay. Rothschild. Wow. Okay. I didn't know this. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Then that son of his went on to have five sons, right? At this time, they, st they were obviously gaining power and gaining money at, from lending out. He sent his five sons to all over Europe to open up branches and get go um, start working with the banks. So they went to Vienna, London, Naples, Paris, and Frankfurt. Now, his smartest son was named Nathan, and he sent him specifically to London. Okay. Um, one of the kings actually left his money with Nathan. Nathan went and used his money for his own personal business, multiplied it, returned the money to the king at the agreed interest, kept the money, and they say his... Nathan's father gave him 20,000 pounds back then and he multiplied it 
2,500 times. So you can only imagine what he did. Wow. Yeah, you can only... Back then. Back then. 20,000 pounds. Fuck, that's, that's a lot now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's heaps, man. Fuck. Okay. Then um, America learned the secret of money in, in, in the 1700s. And there was Benjamin Franklin. Mm. He actually created... The colonials then had their own money that was debt-free. They didn't like that. England came in, did the whole, um, you know, applied what they've applied in England to them and started doing, you know, bankrupting them pretty much. And now if you think about it, lending out money and charging interest on it that you don't have is considered fraud. If, if the average person was to do it, we'd get thrown in jail. That's called fraud and it's, you know, it's... it's Hang on, so if you needed 50 grand from me and I said, no worries, but you've got to pay me 10% interest a month. Yeah, but it's money I didn't have. If I was printing my own money if you were printing and giving it to you. Yeah, okay. I see what you and mean. it's not yeah, yeah, backed yeah. by gold. Yeah. That's fraud. That's fraud. Okay. Because you're saying you have the money, but you don't. Exactly. Fuck. So, okay. so this is what, you know, all depressions and great depressions really are. It's just, it's the bankers control, controlling the money in circulation. When they want, they put a tight grip on it and start asking for it back. And that causes depression. And it's a tactic that, that they've all used. And um, now... In the 1800s, Napoleon actually came in and he wanted to take France out of debt from the bankers. Mm. Now, um, 1803, America's Jefferson actually made a deal with him, gave him $3 million in gold. And what did the Bank of England do? They actually went and funded the opposition. So they funded Prussia, Russia and Austria. Against Napoleon. Against Napoleon. Now, in them funding it, it was two birds in one stone. I'll yeah, tell right. you why. Because <coughs> them funding the opposition... One, now the opposition's in debt to the Bank of England. So they are now in their yeah, pocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also they can take on the guy that's against them. Wow. This is how I'm trying to show you the deception from all the way back then. I'm just seeing a lot of similarities to today. It's exactly the same. Nothing's changed. And this is why I'm going back to 1694 <laughs> and we're at 2020. And, and the, same, the same process still applies. It's, sorry, continue. This is crazy. You're right. Okay. Then um, Napoleon, you know, went into exile, came back. He wanted to go up against the, the Duke of Wellington. Nathan Rothschild at that time, so the Duke of Wellington, England actually won the war. Nathan Rothschild sent one of his men to, to the war to come back because, you know, there was no telephones obviously yeah, back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. to come back early and tell him who won the war. So Nathan found out that England won the war. He went down to the stock market and what did he do? Well, he bought up. No, he did the opposite. He sold. He's made, he sold a little bit to make people believe England lost the war. No, he didn't. The English stock market, you know, the whole economy was destroyed. And this is when Nathan Rothschild actually went and bought up everything for pretty much for pennies. So that's basically how the Rothschilds established themselves in the world. And they're in still, the, they're still in existence then. now. They are pretty much the biggest family at the moment. It's definitely not Elon Musk. <laughs> That's no, the richest no. man in the world. No, no, no. So they dominated the Bank of England. By the 1800s, they went on to be the wealthiest family in the world. Um, so this is their whole tactic. It's pretty much divide and conquer. Abraham Lincoln came in. He went to actually ask him for loans. That they wanted to charge him 24 to 36% interest. Wow. He said, no, thanks. I don't know if you know, the US dollar is called the greenback. Yeah. So that's from Abraham Lincoln. He went mm. on to print his own money, yes. debt-free. Yes. 
And Is that why he was killed, right? Exactly. Yeah. They really didn't like that. Yeah. So now you're starting to catch on to all these people that are dying that are opposing the Federal Reserve. I'm going to JFK, right? He, he same, was same concept. Part of the concept. Yeah, I understand now. Um, well, this is sort of sorry to interject. This yeah. is sort of what a lot of people believe Trump was trying to do was take America out of the Federal Reserve, which is why everything was always like, you know, from the second he was a president, they were trying to impeach him to everything. Still trying to impeach him today because he was against the narrative of the Federal Reserve. But again, I don't know how true that this is. This is where I see it's the manipulation where I see it as they know we know too much now. So now they're trying to play us at our own game to make I us actually believe. believe that because I believe that with UFOs. Yeah. As in like, I know it's a very, very side topic, yeah. but there's been that many people that have said things about UFOs. People, Rogan did a podcast not long ago with a guy called Travis Walton. He was mm. abducted by aliens. And all these conversations and talking about UFOs, it's like the people know about it, but now the government for so long had said, no, it doesn't exist. And now all of a sudden there's footage has been released. Saying yes. The new COVID bill in the US, did you see that the COVID bill? The COVID bill within the bill of COVID, right? This new bill that's being drafted, there is a, a, a clause which basically, I think it's the US government or the Pentagon has to divulge all the information they have about UFOs over the next 180 days. Now, I know it's a little bit, we're sidetracking a little bit, but it got me thinking that this conspiracy about UFOs, are they, are they now just saying, right, you know what, you know, fucking take it and run with it. Um, and a lot of things I've been reading about UFOs is that there's, there's now a reason to believe that they exist, but people won't be able to handle it. That's sort of why I think they're trying to just drop little hints about, and there's, there's a clip from the Pentagon, they released it March last year. When COVID first hit, there was a fucking UFO flying through the air and the, the, the US ship latches onto it and he's following it. And, and there's a full big story about it. I think what they're doing now with this particular subject is I think they're getting us ready in a way because for so long, so many people have been saying the same thing. Recalling stories about UFOs. This probably has nothing to do with what you're talking about. I just realized. But well, what about the movies that they've been putting out? It's all conditioning. Correct. That's why I. Yes. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of personal beliefs at the end of the day because no one can really prove it. So this guy was saying they made a movie about this episode where this guy was abducted because him and seven other people saw it, right? He, they went on polygraphs. This, this is a really crazy yeah. story because I'd never heard of this. The movie's called Fire in the Sky and the guy Travis on the podcast, Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast, he's saying they blew the movie out of proportion. They said this guy cried and this happened and that happened yeah. and none of it ever happened. But that's Hollywood. And he was saying specifically, we'll go back to the money, but I just want, one thing about aliens he was saying is when he was abducted, he did not feel threatened at all. But everything we see about aliens is that they're trying to invade the earth, right? The narrative from Hollywood is about invasion and evil. And, yeah. But he's saying there's nothing. He, felt, he, was, he was abducted. He was in a, in a, in a, some, on some stretched out bed. He actually hit one of them and he reckons they, they had the weight of a little boy. So they fell over into each other. Um, he goes into detail about it, but mm. the core was what you just said about the programming because what he was saying was this was not – what he had seen in Hollywood was not what he had experienced. It's just conditioning. That's all it is. So it got me thinking that the, the UFOs is another interesting topic because it's been one of those – like if you said to me right now, bro, I just saw a UFO, I'd be like, oh, man, come on. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He wouldn't be like, oh, really? Tell me more about it. 
it would be like, come on, bro, you talk, you're crazy. You know? And that's how it's always been. Even when the Pentagon released the, the image, no one, when I saw it, I almost fell off, fell off my fucking chair. I'm like, wow, the government now has released information. There's now a website called the, the blackvault.com. It is all CIA documents declassified. It's memos from people to people from like the 40s right through to now about UFOs. Mm. I'm like, well, how come no one is freaking the fuck out about this? There is no... <laughs> Again, we're getting a bit I, th- I think it's humans were meant to be more freaked out <laughs> about <Right>? them. <laughs> it doesn't freak me out. I, I, I'm one to believe this, this, the solar system, the universe is so vast. Um, like if you were to say aliens don't exist, I'd say prove it. I have an open mind. So, so do I, yeah, very I, open. I, I never say – nothing can be proved for certain. So how can you believe anything for certain? 100%. I, I, I use the ocean as a reference, bro. We've discovered like 3% of our oceans on Earth. Let alone the space. And How much it, bigger is the, the space in the solar system and the universe? If we've only discovered a, a, a bee's dick percentage of our own ocean that we can physically touch – how can anyone say that the, the solar system is, doesn't exist and nothing else exists? Again, I'm not sitting here saying that aliens exist and everyone needs to believe it, but you can't just shut it down and say it doesn't. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like when, you know, when it's 100% or 100% about something, yeah. yes or no, because the way I see it is if you can't prove it, Correct. how are you certain about it? 100%. And uh, again, until the proof is there. But yeah. now we're starting to see some of that proof yeah. through, through videos on Shit on planes, on on fighter jets catching UFOs in the middle of fucking nowhere. But anyways, yeah, let's let's go back to the money. But um, yeah, it just got me thinking the programming and, and all this other stuff. And yeah, but anyways, let's- that, I mean, this is exactly what they're doing here. This, this whole history of you know the Rothschilds and the money is all conditioning and programming us into following what they want us to do. Yeah, because is- when you when you as you become of an age where you can start to think for yourself, you do, you get a bank account, right? Yeah. Where you put your money. It's sort of the, I had a Dolomite account when I was a child, a Commonwealth Bank Dolomite account. You're, as they say, you're enslaved to the money the day you're born. And what happens with, what, what, what's a bank's fundamental operation? It's like, well, hang on, this is the four walls that we operate within and you have money. You can leave your money with us and you can take it out whenever you want. We're just going to hold it for you, right? We're just like yeah. a, a locker room for your money. Yeah. But what starts to happen? Fees. We're going to charge you to hold your money. Interest, not just interest, interest, you can earn interest, obviously now you can yeah. earn fuck all, but... They, they charge you fees to hold your own money and then if you don't deposit a certain amount each month then you get penalised. ATM fees. Correct. And it's like, well, you're just holding what's mine. Yeah. And you're charging me what I own and the system, going back to this, when you look at, um, and we'll touch on the fractional reserve banking just after we get through this, but the whole bank, like if you walked into the bank right now, if you had 300 grand cash in your bank account right now and you said, hey, Commonwealth, I want to take out all that money. They're like, whoa, 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 no. Why? What do you want to do with the money? Because they don't have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go and try and pull that 10 grand right now. I've, I went and bought, tried, bought a car last year. I needed 10,000, right? Yeah. I walked into the bank. Yep, I actually called ahead to order the money because you have to do that because apparently they need to organize 10 grand. A bank needs to get 10. God knows how. <laughs> called them and said, hey, I need, I need to pull out some money. How much you want? 10 grand. No worries. I went into the bank. I was there for half an hour. Yeah, just for 10 grand. For my money. Yeah. It's not like it just appeared out of nowhere. It was my money, all right? It was there. I said, yeah, I just want to pull out the money. I called through. Oh, yeah, what's it for? What do you mean, what's it for? I want the money. It's my money. Yeah. What's it for? It's control. It's a form of control. Well, what do they use the reasoning? Oh, we need to ensure that the country is protected. You're not using it for terrorism, for oh, all these other Illegal bullshit. activities and yeah, so the whole lot. Yeah, I had to sign this form and do this and do that. I'm like, bro, I just want to take out my money. God yeah. help you want to go pull out all of your money. Have you ever watched um, Ozark? 
Nah. I, 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 I know you're talking languages that you don't like talking about, programming shows and all this sort of stuff. But <laughs> no, I do. It's, I funny, do. it's funny. He went into a bank and um, it's, a, it's a great show, man. It's a really interesting show. Um, he goes in to pull out his money. He had like a couple of million there and they were doing backflips. And he said, oh, I know my fucking rights and you give me my money. And just that programming is exactly what happens in real life. If it's a million dollars or 10,000, it's the same fucking thing. They will do backflips and not and really I- take it out. I have a very interesting comment about pulling out all your money. I just wanted to say these few sentences. Yeah, and yeah, say no, no, I, I cut him because before, because that's you know what you're saying now is actually something that I really believe in. But um, just before that, so World War One, these bankers actually funded every side of the war. Just for the, for the people listening, they actually funded every. So the the World War One, the Bank of England funded the English, the Bank of France funded the French. You know, war war cost, but also makes money to them. Because they're not, not going to war. They're yeah. not going to war. They're just, they're just lending the money and collecting you know, tremendous interest on it and then the country's in debt to them. So look at all the countries, America, um, America, the whole world pretty much. Now, up until Nixon, there was something called the gold standard. So yes. every dollar bill was backed by a certain gold. amount of gold. Correct. He went on and removed that gold standard. So what happened? It's unlimited printing. Oh, that's what it was. I was so, always wondered who what point there was the the shift so that was nixon and if you look now so last year i don't know the exact percentage but america printed a ridiculous amount of its total supply just in 2020 you know what's funny phil i always used to ask myself when i was young maybe when i was 13 14 and i'd always hear about debt and problems and i'd always just think why not just print more money so everyone has more money? Why are you worrying about this? And, and now... It's inflation. Correct. Yes. You don't understand all no, that stuff uh, as a kid. As a kid, yeah, you're yeah, like, you well, fuck, you run out of money, just print, print more. more yeah. you, know? you run out, get more. It doesn't work. It's very, very different. And bro, this is, this is very interesting. Sorry, yeah. keep, keep going. Yeah, so pretty much um, in 19... When was it? They opened the Federal Reserve of America. That was in 1913. Does it say who owned, who owned that bank? Was so it, it was Rothschild? actually, they don't say specifically, but they say it's private stockholders. And you know exactly who the of private course. stockholders are. You know, yeah. Then the RBA, you were asking me about the, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Um, so the Reserve Bank of Australia, you go online, they tell you it's owned by the Commonwealth of Australia. That's ex- Fuck, I okay. looked at this two weeks ago. Okay. Now, <laughs> who owns the Commonwealth of Australia? The Queen. Oh, she does the bitch. Yeah, so and then she who? Does. And then who owns England? The Rothschilds. So follow the money. That's, that's as simple See, as I can I, put You it. know what got me onto this subject about um, the RBA? I was having a chat with a good friend of mine. We share very similar values about this. And he was the one that got me onto, shout out to Maria, she got me onto the fractional reserve banking system many, many months ago, a long time. Like this was, he would always tell me, hey, bro, you gotta look into the fractional reserve banking. You gotta look at the banking system. And I, I'd look into it, but I never was able to put two and two together until I asked him the question about the RBA. Because we always speak about the the banking system, Fed Reserve. I've got a yeah. fairly good understanding of how the Rothschilds. Now I have better understanding, but I knew the Rothschilds yeah. are behind the banking system. But I was like, bro, who who owns? Because I was always of the opinion that because Australia is where it is geographically and how the country is and all this other stuff, our banking system is owned by the government. And when you look it up, owned by the Commonwealth of Australia, you think, oh yeah, well it's owned by the Australian government because the Commonwealth and Australia, you know, yeah. you just think they're the same thing. 
But the Commonwealth is owned by the Queen. By the Queen, exactly. And who also, who also falls under the Queen? Anyone with that fucking Union Jack on the flag, right? Yeah. The, the Fijis, the Pacific Islands, all exactly. these. Exactly. I think Canada's also involved. It's all controlled. All under that one royal family. And I, it also got me thinking, what's, what purpose does the royal family serve in the world, right? Like, what purpose do they so serve? So they're in debt to exactly, you know, the bankers I was just talking about. Correct. But and what is their, like, as the Queen and King of England... Today, 2021, what does the Queen do for the world? Yeah, what does the Queen do for me besides getting a day off in June? Exactly. I right. don't know. I don't, doesn't, the way people flock to Buckingham Palace and when the princes and princesses and all this, it makes it fucking annoys the shit out of me, to be honest, because I'm like, they're just as bad as celebrities. Yeah. Why would anyone have this hard on for a celebrity like I would for a royal family? Because it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Royal family, like I'm. Coming to America, different type of royal family, right? Yeah. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation that owns, it's got tentacles through the world. And England's here and Australia is here and it's got Australia by the balls. And people think that the royals are in power. They're actually not. So who I was just speaking about, they're the, you know, the real power of the world. So what, what was, sorry, but what was the Brexit? Um, how significant is the Brexit situation? In terms of what I do, you know, Brexit was pretty much they wanted to leave the European Union. Is that significant um, to the Federal Reserve? Has it got any any relevance to look, the banking system? At the end of the day, like I said, so they the Bank of England's pretty much the original. Mm. And um, I don't know if you know, but so the Rothschilds actually bought the city of London. So the city of London's not owned by England. It's got its own flag, its own you Does know, it? its own everything. The other place is the Vatican. What? Oh, uh, the Vatican, yeah. I, and I, Washington. Have you been to the Vatican? No, not me personally. But so they're three places in the world. So Washington, the, yeah, Washington is, is a capital of Capital of the military, the capital of religion, and the capital of the banking system, of finance. So that's the, they're three places, three cities in the world that are actually are not part of their country. They, have, they operate under their own flag, under their own rule, under Correct. their own government. Does Monte Carlo fall into this at all? No so, so, no, no, so they're the three main cities. That M- Monte Carlo operates in a similar concept where they have their own, like they live within another country, yeah. right? I've been there as well. That, that, that's, that place is out of control. But the Vatican, the Vatican really blew me away because I yeah. went there of the sole purpose to learn more and to get closer to the faith and all these other things. And my first reaction and last reaction was just gold everywhere, money. It's, it's not about the faith. It, look, I'm not going to trash... The yeah, Vatican yeah, or anything like that. Like I've got a deep love for God and, and, and you know, people that love God and love the faith. But the Vatican itself is a very different experience, for example, compared to, you know, you go to St. Charbel's Church in Lebanon. Yeah. And that place, there is money there. People are selling, they're selling, you know, books and all this other stuff and rosaries and all that stuff. But it's, compared to the Vatican. God's not about gold. And, at yeah. all. Yeah. At not, po- not one point in the Bible, which is the fundamental of Christianity... Yeah. Was gold ever represented as important by Jesus? By his and anyone that treated it with relevance was uh, like banished, right? Nothing material is correct. Yeah. Nothing about what we can touch is important in our faith. Obviously, you need to have a roof over your head and all the other things. Yeah, but that was really what woke me up to the Vatican because I've always very interested as to why the Vatican operates that way, right? As in, like, why does this? Why does the Vatican have so much protection within Italy? Within Rome, why is it so? Because they have the Swiss Guard there. So, if the Rothschild owned the city of London and they bought the whole city of London, who do you think owns the whole city of of the Vatican and the whole city of Washington? And that that you know, going into 
this is actually about finance, George Pell. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are about Pell, um, but from what I've what I've learned, come to learn, was that Pell was adopted, was uh, appointed as the treasurer by Pope Benedict many years ago. When all this shit, what, what basically Pell was doing was plugging the holes in the financial problem within the Vatican. A lot of money was going in and out un, un, unaccounted for. The years between 2014 and 2019, where Pell was being exiled for all the shit he's apparently done, $2.3 billion left the Vatican and came to Australia unaccounted for. So the theory behind this is that Pell was being targeted because he was the one looking after the, fi the finances of the Vatican. He was being basically um set up to look like he had done these things and all this money came to australia and why do you think people started coming out of nowhere saying oh i was abused i was abused oh this yeah. this started to happen quite and he was he got locked up for it but why because he was stopping the flow of money which was illegal again this is all speculation i'm don't take my word for this. All, all truth the half truth like it I is said, that's right yeah. but the, and this was i spoke to my dad about this he's very in touch with with the faith and, and he's he's very um He's not. He's not Catholic. He's got a very, very devout following to God. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a deep respect for Pell. Like he he um he's been involved with the Catholic faith for many years, many years ago. I spoke to him. I watched a very interesting um clip on Sky News of the journalist prying open the story about the Vatican because a lot of it was to do with money. Why Pell was being put into the position that he was because of where he was in the Vatican, mm. and then it leads me back to why does the Vatican need to operate in such a secret? Um, not maybe secret, but it's not like why it's a business more correct, corporation. Right? It's not like like the way that Jesus is described in the Bible is that his hands and arms are always open. Let the children come to me. The beggars on the cross, the homeless people. He would do all these things for the people that were not important. As in, he would look at the heart, right? And bro, when you when you're in the Vatican, you're looking up and you're at Saint Saint Peter's of Basilica, and you're like, wow, this building can fit the Statue of Liberty inside of it. What, yeah. what does it mean for anything? You know what I mean? Is this is it going to get you to heaven? No. Is it going to get you better? Is it going to make you a better? No. And the way it operates really, really confronted me because it's it's boxed off in the middle of Rome, bro. And it's got these massive walls that go on the outside. It's, it's privately owned. It's its own city. And like I said, I just follow the money to answer all these questions for it's myself. All, That's how I answer 100%. them all. 100%. I wanted to – so you were talking about pulling your money out of the bank, right? It's very, crossed my mind a lot of times to do it, bro. And I'll tell you something very interesting. So a lot of people think anarchy, right, is like let's go down on riot, let's get down yep. and, you know, break stuff, you know, fuck the government, let's, let's burn the streets, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do you want to know what real anarchy is and especially anyone listening? Real anarchy is getting a million people all together walking into a bank and saying I want to withdraw all my money right now. Yeah, that'll cause a big fuck up in the system. Real anarchy is saying... We don't want to use your dollar anymore. Could be anything though. We don't want your vaccine. We don't want this. We don't want that. Yeah. But, yeah. That, but I'm saying if you want to target them and, and really bring, bring them down, that's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Well, you think about um, Australia, right? You've got 25 plus million people here and, and what the politicians make up 10,000 in total, mm. right? Uh, the governments don't come anywhere near the amount of people within the country, but they've done a very, very good job of ensuring that we follow the system. Um, the banking system right through to the financials. Everything that we do is controlled Control. by the banking system. You're right because you, you go and get a mortgage. How long do you take your mortgage for? 30 years at 3 4%. Yeah. 
you look, look at your total interest. But what's yeah. your total cost it's over more. 30 years, bro? It's double. It's more. You spend yeah. a million on a house, you're spending 1.2 in interest. You're paying 2.2 million in total over 30 years. That system is really corrupt because the bank doesn't even own the money they're giving you. Yeah. As in like, it's going back to the fractional reserve banking. Mm, yeah. It's, um, and this is something I'm really interested to talk to you about because I started to follow Ricardo Bosi quite a lot. This new, he's got this, he's a new politician in Australia. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Sound no. like you haven't heard of him. No. So I found him, I think he's got a party called Australia One Party. He's, I think he's running for, for um, Prime Minister. I think he's running for the, for, to take over some, at some point. He's trying to develop his, his following and stuff. But he speaks a lot about fractional reserve banking. And he mm. speaks about how the banking system is corrupt. Yeah. Exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. As in like the bank only needs to hold 10% of the actual real value that's there. So, you know, if uh, if someone wants to pull out a million dollars, well, the bank's got to have 10% of that minim- minimum, right? Um, also, they have, to, they have to have, sorry, if you wanted to pull out your money, the bank just needs to have 10% of that in the reserves to be able to give that to you, right? And now there is, like, like we said, there's no gold standard. So this is what fiat, when people say fiat money, so that came in once the gold standard was taken away. So now all there is just a reserve bank note. So let's explain to people. So the, the Federal Reserve Banking System or, or basically where the corruption starts or where it finishes or where it is, is the bank only needs to house 10% of its actual dollar figure yep. in actual money yep. to, to be able to lend out money. So it's almost like a massive pyramid scheme, right? Exactly. And now it's, it's all digital. Well, just, this, is, this is what's happening in Lebanon. It's just numbers. Because look at Lebanon, right? Yeah. From, from what I've understood with Lebanon, the country now, the inflation is through the roof. Like a, the lira was $1,500 US. Now it's at six or 7,000 US. People going into the banks to withdraw money, the bank's only giving them half of yeah, what they want. Yeah, they can only withdraw like $100 a week and it's, the rest of it. And yeah. this must be because of that fractional reserve, the fractional banking system where there's not enough reserves to give to the people. Is this, is this what's happening? Is this what you're... I also think Lebanon is politically... I don't really... Honestly, I don't follow politics purely because I, I just don't believe in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Lebanon is actually a part of a bigger political plan. So there was a general from the US that did speak about back in 2008. I think he said there were seven countries that they wanted to take over in seven years. I think it took a bit longer, but Lebanon was one of them. Syria was one of those countries. Um, and they're purely for political reasons. So the banking system of what they're doing to Lebanon, so I know there was the, the you know, the bomb. I don't want to say the accident. It was actually a bomb that exploded. Um, so there was that. So that was a form of control. And I think whoever, you know, was, was responsible for that was pretty much saying, you know, get your shit together. We're in control here, not you well, guys. Well, as well... Um Bro, I follow Lebanese politics a little bit only because I have a lot. My wife's, all her family's there and I've got yeah. family there and I talk to them all a lot. And um, the biggest problem with Lebanon is the corruption. Yeah. And it's rife. Like it's not even, it's not even a conspiracy. It's fucking public knowledge that there's corruption in the government, um, which is also a part of the reason why their banking system is so flawed and there's so much, so many problems. But I just, something just hit me. Sorry to d- divert away from Lebanon. Um, what was your your take on 9-11? Because I, I was, I'm of the impression that there was a big amount of gold that left the US the day of 9-11. Yeah, in the tunnels. In the tunnels, right? Yeah. And then it ended up somewhere. I don't know where it's gone or what happened to it. But a lot of things, again, just go back to money. A lot of things that are happening are just going back to the money. In, in a few sentences, all 9-11, my take on it is 
people don't necessarily like wars. Julian Assange actually did say that. So people have to be actually, um, kind of manipulated into agreeing to war. So they said terrorism, they yeah. attacked us. Yeah, we've got to get them back. Let's manipulate the people, the whole population, to thinking we need to go to war. Afghanistan, Iraq, let's take their opium, their gold, yep. and their fuel. And That's you know it. what's funny? There was a song by Immortal Technique. You ever heard of Immortal Technique before? Yeah. He's, in one of his songs, he says... Without 9-11, there could not be a war in Iraq. Yeah, it's for sure. And that is the best fucking line of a song I've probably ever heard because it's so true. You, you, again, you just follow the money. But it was very easy for the US to say, Osama bin Laden did it. Get him on the video to say he's done it. Now, the whole, just talking about 9-11 real quick, when they caught up with bin Laden, or so they say they caught up with bin Laden, the way they executed him, <laughs> do you remember, you know, so this... Dumped him in the ocean. <laughs> this, uh, this Navy SEAL, Army fucking Marines pulled up, rolled up on him, shot him, wrapped him up in a bag and threw him into the water. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't need a comment about that. We saw Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein ex- executed in public, right? They saw his body hanging. Which one was it? I can't remember which one it was, but he was hanging from the fucking... Saddam, yeah. This, all right? Anyone that has been deemed as evil... Mate, if I was a US citizen... And, they, and I'd found that they'd caught Obama. I mean, Obama. <laughs> He's another guy. <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Close. Yeah. Osama. Mate, parade his body through the streets and let me spit on it. You know what I mean? He's the one that caused all this grief in New York and all, this, all these problems. My cousin is now in, not my cousin, I'm saying if I'm a US citizen and my brother is now in the army because he's in Afghanistan because of Osama. Bring him here so I can spit on his body, you know? There was none of it. it was people, like have him. A, people have a short attention span. I don't know if you've realized. So, oh, bro. So yeah. you just make him believe something. In in six months' time, not even a month's time. How easy time, is it, right? It's just forgotten. How easy is it, Phil? Let's, it's so simple. The US media system is owned by six companies. The big six own basically everything, every form of media output in the US, probably the whole world. But let's use the US as an example. All six companies own all of the media. that the, There's like 30 different news stations in the US, right? All they've got to do is get everyone saying the same fucking thing. And it does happen. And it happens. And yeah. then you get a few famous people saying the same thing. You, you, you see it across anything, any movement, anything. Black Lives Matter is another example. Black Lives Matter, a lot of people forget. Black Lives Matter is the movement and then there's an, also an organization of Black Lives Matter. The organization is the one behind the money. The movement are the ones that want to stop the... Pro- the, 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 the That's the extreme left and extreme right I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. but there's two parts to it. So I understand where, like, I'm sure you've probably seen the videos of people getting shot by police and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's terrible. But what Black Lives Matter was, was a political, the organization was a movement used to overthrow the, the, the right of the, of the... Everything has two sides. Yeah. Everything, you know, always has two sides. And but how easy is it to get people to believe it? Anyone that's of color, stand up for what you believe in. And again, I'm not, dis- I support the whole move. I understand that people, there has been a lot of situations, especially in the US, people getting shot. Like I've, yeah. I watched a cop shoot an African-American kid. He was running away from him. This wasn't, yeah. um, this wasn't uh, choreographed. This wasn't like yeah, some, yeah. St- he was, it was his body cam. He's got an AR-15. The kid's running away. He's probably 50, 60 meters away from him. He's running away from him. He's got an AR-15. He goes, duk, duk, puts him down, yeah. kills him. And desensitized, they desensitized to emotions, to love, to Correct. humanity. But if you if it's, imagine you saw all these Lebanese people getting killed, and you and there was yeah. a movement, and like you did start to feel like fuck, I get it. But what also came out of that was the movement was then crossed over with the organization, which was also used to fuel the hatred, which was the rioting and all this other stuff, which then made him Trump look worse. And again, it's all the bullshit that we're talking about. But 
it's just funny how easy it is to manipulate. Q, Anonymous, uh, BLM, they're all groups that might have started to stand up for something. I have no doubt. So Anonymous, Anonymous is, let's get to Anonymous. Q, Q for me, I'm still very stumped on. I'm very stumped on Q. Why? Okay. A lot of people will say Q doesn't, a lot of, like, and you probably know from what your research tells you that Q was a psyop, right? It was just a whole, it was, it's, it's, a, it's not real, okay? I started to follow it when it first came out and, and I don't care what, the, what it is. I just want to know what the reason is, right? I want to know, were they trying, yeah, they're trying to build votes for the election, but Trump already had the votes. He didn't need Q to get more votes. From what I understood, from 2016, you're judging by the way that he swung the election then. He had the middle of America pretty much wrapped up, right? He had the votes already. It all wraps into what's happening today. So there's COVID-19, the Great Reset, a book written by Claus. I think he's the chairman of health minister. Claus Schwab, Slab, something like that. So he wrote a book and it's everything is all leading to this one thing on the back of the dollar bill, New World Order. So, so yep. what's happening right now is there's the economic reset, right? Yep. And this is why I want to talk about now about GameStop and what's actually happening on Wall Street and this is my field. So for those that don't know, a few, when was it? Last week, a few days ago, this, um, there was a whole bunch of short sellers in the market. Short selling means people that were actually betting on a particular thing to go down in price so they, they can buy it at a cheaper rate. Yeah, so shorting is where you sell back... To yeah. the bank or to the institution where you've bought your stock from? Is that how it works? And then you're betting on the other on what you're buying to so, drop. So shorting, you want something to drop. Correct. Longing, you want it to go up. Correct. So all these hedge funds and institutions were short on GameStop, which was like pretty much like an EB games. These retail traders through a group called Reddit found out and they started buying up the stock, hyperinflating it to a point where now all these institutions have to and hedge funds have to buy it back so and from what I understood, it opened at like six dollars US, and it was like three three fifty three fifty, yeah, which is astronomical, right? It's and huge. on a certain day, these guys have to buy it back, no matter what the price is, right? So now they have lost like billions, thirty billion mm. or so, and yeah. you know, on the virtual bankruptcy. And they, and what they're doing is, Mark, the 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 people that had already shorted GameStop yeah. are manipulating the market by doing that, correct? Well, yeah. It's, Technically, it's not really illegal because they're just all deciding to buy one thing, but it is market manipulation in, in, a, in a sense. And yes. then these Reddit guys did the same thing to them, manipulated the market back on them, right? No, so the Reddit guys are the, the, the people. Yeah, yeah. But these yeah. people that got together yeah, flipped so, it on them. So they flipped it on them and started buying, make, forcing them to buy it at expense. Because it was at such a dog shit price. Exactly. And then how are these guys going to benefit from that dog shit price? Because if they sell... In in trading, yeah. you, you make money on on the actual sell. Correct. On what you so you bought it and you sell it. If so you buy it at four, sell it at six, you make that difference, right? Yeah, and you can make the difference in the opposite direction. In in certain tradings, like the trading I do, I can actually short something, so I can make money on something going down in value. Okay, so you're going to bet that this is going to drop. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. Okay, in, in so a, I fully understand now. All so right. they were going short. The general public went long and forced them to, to close all their position at $30 billion loss. So they're expecting it to go lower than $6. Yeah, they were. And, because and then it went up to three fifty. dollars and like, fuck, we need to buy now because we're going to lose it. We have yeah. to buy because we can't. We have no choice. So they had contracts to close their positions on a certain oh. day at whatever price it landed so on someone that day. Someone got wind of it. So, so the, the Reddit guys saw that. Now- 
the same thing happened with silver a few day, days ago. And this is where the interesting point is that I'm trying to get to. Eight of America's biggest banks are actually short on silver, right? Like physical silver? Yeah. And they're actually wanting the price to go down. All these Reddit guys are actually going and buying the price of silver, thinking they want to take the banks and hedge funds down. Now, that might sound reasonable. It might sound good to a lot of people. That sounds like they're doing the right thing. They're going up against the government, right? But now I want you to think about this. Eight of America's top 10 banks go down, all right? They're all bankrupt because the people have bankrupted them by putting them in all this debt. Yeah. What happens? Now what happens? Now who, what's going to happen? We need an economic reset. Mm. And who are they going to blame? Reddit. The people. So they're going to say, so you know, you know how we are up against that economic reset? So the people are doing this and then what I, this is personally my beliefs, it's not facts. It's all, fun, it's all it's, fabricated. Is they're going to turn around and say, you guys wrecked the system. You made the banks bankrupt. You guys now need an economic reset. And who are we going to blame then? So is this, is this sort of similar to what happened in 07 with the US? With that, the was the, that was the housing bubble. So that was the GFC But they were bubble. shorting housing mortgage bonds, right? Because mortgage bonds... So I watched The Big Short a few times. Yeah. From what I've understood from the film, because that's probably the best way to really understand it, the mortgage bonds were being sold as like gold stand like really really good bonds and yeah. then mortgage bonds are just loans from the banks within a bond right yeah and then but the real if you actually looked at the bonds themselves Bond what was in there all were dog shit so they were, they were just making them out to be good worth, worth something but they were just all, all delinquencies and people not paying their mortgages so in the film you see you know they go to miami and they go to this new estate and no one lives there they go to a house knock on the guy's house and the guy's like um is there a fucking humpty harry or something the guy's like that's my landlord's dog He's like, your landlord set up your mortgage, his mortgage in his dog's name. And then and he, he goes and talks to a stripper and she got like five properties and they're all like, they're all fucking highly geared. And you see that in, in you know, a lot of time here, even here in Sydney. Correct. A lot of these people buying the houses left, right, center and then out of nowhere because the market's all cycles. It definitely the, is, the, yeah. the cycle's yeah. going to come. People can't afford what happens. Like I was just saying, that's the, the easy money, they roll it between easy and hard and then they make it hard and who buys back all the houses for dirt cheap? Yeah. The banks. That's right. All the people with heaps of money, right? Because yeah. they're, they're going to those mortgage auctions. Exactly. But so the bubble in Australia is really interesting because we experienced a bubble which was – so every bubble we've seen in the housing market has been dictated by the interest rates because mm-hmm. when the rates drop, everyone goes nuts. When they go up, everyone freaks out. It's, it's crazy because, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of in the market trying to buy. I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not driven by the rates or anything, but I'm going to houses and open homes and – if I say people are buying houses like you'd buy a car, I'd, uh, it's exactly how it's happening. Mm. Like people are walking into an open house on the first open and buying the house and it's under offer and it's sold and it's done on mm. the same fucking day. Two years ago, you'd go in, you negotiate, you get a best inspection, you get your building inspection. Yeah, 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 back and forth. Yeah, okay, I'll do the deal. It doesn't work like and that. And isn't anymore. it worrying that we're in the middle of a pandemic? And it's, how- it's not, bro. The other thing with this, it's very, very scary. But now the car market's being affected because there's no stock. So people are paying brand new prices for used cars because they can't find any cars, which is driving the price through the fucking roof. And, this is, and now the rates are really low for cars and they're really, really low for houses. So there's, it's, everything is dictated by the money, by, the, by how, the, how the fucking banking system is where it's at, right? Who sets the interest rates? The Reserve the Bank. The Reserve. And now yeah. we're at the lowest it's been in, what, 50 years or something. We're also at 0.25 now, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and a lot of the lenders I work with, they actually apply what's called an economic payout. If you wanted to break your contract early, works on the reserve bank's rate. So if you buy your rate, you know, you get your car loan at 4%. And if the RBA rates continue to drop, that banking institution passes on what they have to pay to you because they've agreed to buy a rate at a certain amount. Yeah. Sorry, amount at a certain rate. If the rates then go down, they've got to fork out the difference because there's now a hole that they have to fill and they just pass it on to the customer. Um, but it's, it's different, different conversation. But yeah, the whole process, and especially with the US housing bubble, from what I have researched and watched and read, was that it was all built on corruption, right? That whole mortgage bond situation was all corrupt. The not, bank, not a single person went to jail. One guy did. Yeah. One guy did for not declaring something. A couple, some I saw it. It was and like they just slapped him with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Other than that, no one was ever so, held accountable, so the, responsible. So Wall Street, <clears throat> fundamentally, and that whole concept. And you see in the film, he's talking to mortgage brokers who are writing up fifteen loans a month, yeah. twenty loans a month in 07. bro. If you meet a mortgage broker writing those sort of numbers now, they'd be doing very, very well for themselves. Yeah. To do that back then. Um, and the way that they were saying that they were doing it was just people with bad credit, people with no jobs, just giving them mortgages. This, 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 um, this is sort of why I believe what you're talking about. I'm full, not not because you're sitting here, but you follow the money. Exactly. The, the corruption is so bad. Um, so now, when we're going back into this silver situation, with the big guys now buying up the silver, because that's what's happening, right? They're, they're shorting the silver. So they're expecting the silver to drop. So the, the small dudes, the Reddit dudes are buying up and, and the big dudes are buying down. And the little, little, the little guys, so the average people, what they're trying to do is they're pushing to pump the price of silver as high as they can. And now this is my personal opinion is eventually they're going to end up blaming it on us and saying you guys collapse the system. And now in that book, the, the COVID economic reset by, by Claus, he actually says up until pretty much 2022, the world's going to remain as, as it is now. So all these people think, saying, oh, 2020, let's leave it behind. You know, I'm sorry, but you guys have no idea what's Mate, coming. You know, that's the, oh man. Uh, when, when we hit New Year's Eve, my first fucking thought was, hey, we've got another year of this. We're yeah. going into, it's not ending. The whole, let's just sidetrack for a second. Everything we're seeing in front of us is not just here temporarily. Oh, right. It's here for good now. The QR codes where you check in everywhere yeah. you go, that's it, not temporarily. That's data the government's going to be used, they'd be able to use in order to improve information. their tra- Information. Again. Yeah. So I find it very, very interesting. I'll, I'll, I don't like to go into COVID too much because yeah. um, I've spoke about it a lot and a lot of people know. Yeah. People have already formed their own opinion about yeah, it right yeah, now. Of course. But, but for a virus that is killing 2% of people that get infected, why do they need to know where we are when we want to have lunch? Yeah, of course. That, That's why I'm, I'm, I look at it more, like I said, from the financial perspective and what it's doing. Definitely, and, there's, there's money to be made out yeah. of the data. But what, what would you say, and again, this is just your opinion, but what would you say they would do with that data? Once That's the, just, once the ultimately, government, it's a form of control. So the government's building two, three years worth of solid data that Joe, Joe Smith in the morning goes and fills up his car at Woolworths and Greystains. And then oh, they goes, already have that. Just you carrying Oh, no, no. They, they, they already have that. I, I, but yeah. this is now... That data this is, is different. More, this is a lot more pinpoint than we think. It is, but that data would require somebody to manually listen, right? Or follow. As in like, this is now people logging in, acknowledging where they are. Yeah. And saying, hey, I'm here. Or hey, I'm there. Or hey, I was there. What, where I don't like it is, it puts you in places. 
it lets people that you don't necessarily want to know where you are know where you are. Yeah. Which I don't agree with because you haven't got a, we're not criminals. We don't have a fucking ankle bracelet on. Yeah. We're not breaking the law. We're just living in the society. But if you want to go have lunch at the pub or if you want to go into any, basically any fucking shop. Well, I went into a servo. Bro, I went into a servo to pay for fuel and the woman asked me to sign in. I said, but I'm just paying. She goes, yeah, you still have to sign in. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Like, the, the, the people that are being, this is the other problem with it. People just follow blindly. But they're because people work for companies. You work for BP. BP yeah. Australia says, guys, now this is changing. Enforce you have to this. Do it. Or you work for the pub. You have to do this. So I don't blame the people. They're, they're asleep. No, of course. They're, just, and they're and asleep. You, you know, every interaction I have with these, I had an inc- incident at the poke, at the pokies, at the pub the other day. Because at the pub I go to down here, if you walk in through the pokies section, if you gamble at the pokies, you have to wear a mask on. But if you're eating, if you go into the food section, you don't have to. Yeah. Well, if you're at the bar, you don't have to. Yeah. And I argued with her to the point where she's asking me for my, my medical exemption slip. Yeah, <laughs> they can't. And I said, oh, I go, please, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but you need to understand that the Privacy Act 1988 allows yeah. me to not have to disclose that information to you. Yeah. And by you not letting me enter this this room without my without my certificate is discrimination against my Dis- disability discrimination act. I'm going into detail with her. Um, but they're not the enemy, bro. You're right. Of they're, course. They're just trying to, they're trying to keep their job because they've got bills to pay. They've got kids to feed. But this is where the problem starts because now it's back to divide and conquer. You're going to have some people that are drawing a big fat line down the middle saying, I'm not going to do it because I don't need to and I don't believe it. And there's other people saying, no, no, you have to. And there's going to be a clash and it's never going to stop until I'm very concerned that where we're headed um, is, is gonna, it's going to divide us because you can already see there's a huge amount of people that support what everything that's happening, masking yeah. up and all this. And there's a huge division you, of people that don't. Have you seen how they're actually promoting pretty much what I call it communism? They're saying what? you'll earn nothing oh, bro. and you'll be happy. That's actually, in, like, that's actually one of the ads. The, the great so, reset is, yeah, you will not own anything. Everything will be you'll leased. Be happy. And you'll be happy. It's, it's, you will be happy. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I'm like, so well, hang on, uh, will I? That's where we're. That's where oh, we're heading. I? Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> you know, it's that's where we're heading. Pretty much, that's how I see it. Is we're heading into modern day communism, where but it's very a uh, very uh, covert. Yeah, it's it's made to be like it's something good. It's not like and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you don't, you know, you don't need to worry about owning anything. You don't Correct. need to have that stress. When in reality, I, to me, it's just all control, man. It's all a form of control. Um, you know manipulation you manipulate people's brain and the way i said it's because uh, i work with a lot of psychology as well is people are very psychologically weak and unless you learn to develop yourself and unless you learn to you know develop your mind and your psychology you'll always be asleep and you'll always come number two and there's people That's that can true. control you and it's true man like I, I don't know what people think of you know the whole energy and whatever but i do believe in that i believe everyone's energy and everything definitely bro your emotions are pretty much energy in motion so if people know how to control them they control you ultimately that's all it well, is you know what i've learned out of all of this bro the biggest takeaway was was what they're doing is they're forcing us to make decisions based on fear okay? that's exactly it now whenever you make a decision that's based on fear use an example you're out in the bush and a snake is right there First reaction out of fear would be to run, mm. right? But that's actually the most adverse reaction you can have because the snake will follow you and fucking bite you. Because they follow, they don't see, but they sense heat and they sense vibrations. Yeah. 
the actual. It's like a lot of animals. They 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 run at you based on fear. Like Correct. Dogs. Yeah. Bears. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole lot. But the funny thing with a bear, if you ever see a, a someone, not every time. I've seen a lot of time people just get chased by bears. There's a clip of a guy. A bear rolls up and he starts screaming, rah, 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 and the bear just runs off. Yeah. Because the bear. <laughs> the first thought was fear because this guy's standing He's in up. fear. The bear's in fear, <laughs> yeah, right? No. But the guy's actually shitting himself, but he did the right thing. But with the snake, if you stand still and just breathe, the snake will most of the time will pass by. Yeah. There's another story of a guy got bitten by a brown snake up in Queensland. Brown snake, um, from what I know, 15 minutes, if you don't get treatment, you're dead. Yeah. It's a very, very lethal bite. He gets bit by a snake. He's an hour, he calls the ambos are an hour away. What does he do? He puts his feet up and he has a beer and he waits, right? That beer and the hour that he waited and sitting up not doing anything saved his fucking life. You know why? When you freak out, when you get bitten by a snake. Your heart pumps. Your adrenaline blood. pumps. Starts it's, sending all it's quicker. the- through the whole body. So it just sends all the poison through your body and you die. That's how you die from- yeah. So how do you die? You die from fear. You don't die from the bite. Yeah. So when you apply that to anything, if you're making decisions, if we're making decisions purely based on fear, like, oh, I can't go here because of here or because I'm scared of this- Fear is control. Fear is control. And that's and all we're seeing. Everything we're seeing. The news doesn't put out information in – they don't put sunshine and roses and yeah. beautiful things. It's all fear-based, you know? One case and the whole – every news station in Australia is blowing up for that whole hour about one case. And it baffles me that people just can't – And you know what baffles me, bro? Eyes. Some of the smartest people I know – Believe it. Are caught up <laughs> in this bubble of fear. And I feel like – it feels like I – speak a different language and I'm talking to them. And it feels yeah. like one of, the, one of the funniest things I saw was the New South Wales Health Department putting out a narrative about sex during COVID. Did you <laughs> see that? that? Yeah. The mutual masturbation. Yeah. Imagine sitting in a room with your partner and saying, don't touch me, just get undressed, <laughs> put a mask on and go for it by yourself. <laughs> that is the biggest... Like if anyone does, if anyone has done this, number one, please let me know, and number two, you are a fucking idiot. <laughs> you need a you need help, bro, yeah. because you're letting other people, you know, you're letting them intrude your into your personal sex life. They live in in your brain. Oh my god! There's a, there's a really interesting book, and um, I've read it multiple times, and I'd really you know recommend it to the listeners and to yourself. Yeah. Which book? I've actually listened to an audio book. Is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. It's, I've, I've read a book by Napoleon Hill. Probably Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Great book. So Outwitting the Devil is the whole book is honestly all about fear. Wow. And it talks about how um you know he it's called Outwitting the Devil because ultimately what he's trying to say is the devil is the fear in your head. It is. And it is, bro. hundred percent it is. Yeah, and the book really goes into pretty much how everything's fear based and what it leads you to do throughout your life. And only, you know, the 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 couple percent that are successful and leave, you know, um, good, happy lives are the people that have learned how to eliminate fear out of their minds. You know what? I can apply this in my own life, man, and anyone's life actually. <clears throat> you know, you, 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 I, have, I have times I wake up and I look and I'm like, fuck me, the bills are adding up, the life's getting tough. And it's easier for us to allow fear to control our thoughts because what would fear start to do? Life's getting hard, the bills are stacking up, fuck it's just, oh, I'm, I'm worrying so much. And what you're focusing on is the fear, not the money. Like we were saying before, you attract more of whatever Correct. you focus so on. So you're focusing on fear and you're focusing on 
the uncertainty of being able to make ends meet, you're not going to make your ends meet by focusing on the on them not meeting. You've got to focus on making them meet. So how do you make the ends meet? Well, you've got to make more money. How yeah. do you make more money? Goes back to Thinking everything positively. Yeah, you got to think positively to come up with with the answers. Definitely. Yeah. You, you look at any anything in life. You can apply it to sport. You can apply it to business. You can apply it to anything. You look at the most successful athletes across the world. They don't. They never, they're never. You can't even smell the fear on them from a mile away, from a mile away. Sorry, like these guys have this confidence. I, I, I follow quite a bit of MMA, right? So I apply, yeah. you know, mixed martial arts to this. Um, you can look at anyone, like Khabib, for example, one of the greatest to do it in his division in his in, the, in his lifetime. The guy does not let fear govern his decisions. Does not let fear get in the way of, of what he does. He he lost his dad and he still continued on fighting. His dad was his like his mentor. His everything. Yeah. Um, this guy has shown that not, in, not allowing fear into your life will definitely pay dividends. You look at any of them, Conor McGregor, you look at all these guys that have made something out of themselves. Had they made any choice out of fear? Think about getting into an octagon with another dude. Yeah. Closed gate, gloves on, break each other's faces for fucking 25 minutes. That's a scary thought. That's a fucking and scary thought. The book, The Art of War, actually says the outcome of a war is decided before the war even begins. That's, that's a great book, man. Sun yeah. Tzu. I, I've actually followed the Instagram page yeah, to get the little dumps the every quotes, day of the quotes. Yeah. It's so good. So but, that's what I mean. The outcome is decided before. And how, yeah. why is it decided before? Because of someone's mind state. Correct. Because of the fear. And fear, fear, is, um, fear is good because you need to understand what it's doing and be able to say, right, this is fear. I'm going to put this in a little box. And put it to the and side. I'm going to fucking get yeah. rid of it and I'm going to focus on what I'm doing. Because fear is what also keeps you going, right? Like what keeps me going is the fear of not being able to pay my bills, right? But I don't let that dictate my life. I look at ways to make more to, so that that yeah. never comes into my – but that's always in the back of my mind. Like if I get sick, for example, right, that's a big fear I have of getting sick yeah. because – that's not a fear I'm living by. But if I get sick, if I'm always focusing on getting sick, I'm going to get sick, right? Exactly. But th there are fears that you have to be, you have to acknowledge and use them to fuel your, your momentum, to fuel your, your, your motivation, to fuel your money. Because without fear, you're not going to be able to exist. You've got to break that shit down, right? The way I'd like to see it is instead of saying fear, I like to say caution, being cautionate. So I like to be cautionate of certain things, but not necessarily call it fear. And not necessarily be fearful. Correct. Of it. So be, it's be, being aware of what's aware going on. Aware and caution it. Because um, I once asked someone exactly that. I'll go, what if I'm standing on the side of a cliff? Well, am I not meant to, you know, feel fear? And he said to me, no. You're meant to be cautionate not to be there in the first place. Yeah. So then you don't feel the fear. So you know what? Yeah. I, you know what I, I was, went hiking on Sunday, Blue Mountains. and well, me, Which one? Which track? Falcon Bridge to Springwood. It's like a six-hour yeah. hike each oh, way. Oh, wow. But we didn't do it. We did half of it. So we yeah. went – there's like um, – Midpoint. Midpoint, yeah, because there's a waterfall there. So we walked to the waterfall, walked back. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it. Awesome. I do, I've done Wentworth Falls. I see you did quite yeah. a few. Yeah. yeah. Me and my mate have been doing it for, for a while now, but um, eat a little bit of mushrooms and go for a nice walk. <laughs> not, not enough to be tripping. Just, it's just enough. But um, – what is it called? Um, microdosing. It's like yeah, where we did a like bit a, more. <laughs> a smaller amount because what? Look, when you do a heavy dose of mushrooms, you really start tripping. Have you done mushrooms before? No. Nah, okay. They're, they're, it's it's like anything, right? You can do a smaller amount, you can do a larger amount. The larger you go, the heavier your trip is, the longer it lasts. So yeah. You just do a tiny bit. We don't get any sensation, but you just it puts you in this like you get this you in touch bars. with nature. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just it just goes with it. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but we get to this cliff. And we're looking down because we walk through and we, we were walking back around and I, st I remember standing close enough to the edge and I'm looking down and I'm going, 
like, that's a big drop, man. And my mate's like, yeah, there's a big drop. I'm like, this is the point of life and death right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm scared of drop. It's like, you can end your life right here by a choice. Or you can live. Or you yeah. can live. Yeah. And if you look at that concept, I'm not, I'm not some fucking uh, whatever you call it, but <laughs> I'm looking at it going, I could die here. Yeah. I could just jump and die. Um, but I'm not scared of the drop. It's the fucking concept of the decision and the choice. And that's how we should really look at things. It's like you're staring down the barrel of the worst shit in your life. You can choose to fold or you can choose to play the hands you've been yeah. dealt, you know, and just keep going. Um, and this is the thing about fear because I'll be honest, I've said this so many times on, on the podcast, bro, but I'll say it again. When COVID first hit, I didn't know what to do because I have a little one. He's only, he's now a year and a bit, but he was quite young at the time. So I was, as a father and as a, as a man of a house, your first priority and always priority is to protect your family. family yeah. And then I've got loved ones and parents and grandparents and then everything I was watching was fear-based. And why? Because when it all started to break, I started working from home because I thought, what am I going to go to the office for? I don't want to get my business partner seeing, you know, all this yeah. other stuff. So I started working from home. But what I was doing at home, the news is on. In the background, just whatever, the news is on. News is on. News is on. Okay. Subconsciously entering your mind. Bro. And- I had no idea how bad it was until I woke up. I had this big awakening, which set me on my course. And it was like, I've been living in my house for it's like three weeks of doing this. And every decision that I was making was fear-based. And I wasn't really focusing on the, the, the important things. I was focusing on the fear. I'm like, I don't want to get sick. I, don't want to, I wasn't scared about getting COVID. I was scared about getting it and not knowing and then getting everyone sick. That's what I was scared of. Yeah. And then I had to ask myself the question, I'll only know that I have, am I only going to know that I have this until I get tested? Because that's how, how it works, right? You're only going to know you have it until you get tested or unless you wake up one morning and you can't breathe and your fucking temperature is 600 degrees. But that, that hasn't really happened. It's mostly been the asymptomatic people that have tested positive. They didn't know, oh shit, I've got to stay home for two weeks. So that was my, f- my decisions were being purely based on one little thing, which was what I was reading, what I was seeing, what it yeah. was... A- being funded for uh, they deceived us that's, that's exactly what happened and bro I, then, like, I know asymptomatic diseases do exist but I relate this directly to the flu I'm like well when was the last time I had the flu and I didn't know about it like, fuck <laughs> okay exactly right so then I really had to just apply what I believe as just my own experience and my own common sense I said you know what from this point that's it fuck it I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna live like this if I'm gonna die I'm gonna die if, I'm, if everyone else is gonna die they're all gonna die and what happened no one died right yeah. There's a saying that says if you don't do your own thinking, someone else is going to do it for Bro, you. And that's, you know... 100%. This is what I was... I was living in this bubble where I was not having my own thoughts. Other people were making the decisions for me and then they were... It was like the concept of choice. Like you think you have choice, you know? Yeah. Have you had that card game where there's the two piles and they ask you what pile do you want? Have yeah. you ever played that? No. There's this card trick where, you know, the person doing the trick will, will play around with all the cards and you get down to a point where there's like four lots of cards. Yeah. And he's got the card in one of the lots. He knows where it is. And he'll say, do you want this pile or do you want that pile? He doesn't say, do you want to take away? Or he just says, do you want this pile or that pile? I want that pile. So what does he do? He takes away that is pile. That, yeah. Do you want this? This is where the card is. Do you want this side or that side? Oh, I want this side. Okay, done. So you take that side away. And then it's that. And the card's there and you're like, whoa, how did you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not anything else but the Deception. perception of freedom of choice. And it's the same. I thought I was saying, well, I want that card gone. I want. So basically this guy was, you know, and the whole, that card game alone is a great example of freedom of choice. 
Republicans, Democrats, Labour, Liberal. Yeah, it's it's all works Trump, because Biden, what do you want? Oh, I want this. Okay, well that goes. But yeah. this, what what they ultimately want will never go. It'll just be perceived that it's gone, and you'll think that it's gone. So, I was very very um, aware of what I was doing. I was very quick to change how I was looking at things, and the fear left very very quickly. Um, to the point now where. I don't know if you've seen the US now. There's double and triple masking now in the, in the US. Anal swabs. <laughs> I just want to see the first person that's got a triple mask on that walks up to get an anal swab. <laughs> Where's the anal fucking mask? That's what I want to know. Because if you can get, I don't know, can yeah, it go through yeah, the bum? Yeah. Who knows? But this is, I, I personally think the anal swab thing I, I find hilarious because it's come from China, right? Anything that comes from China is controlled by China, true? Not, no rogue news station is going to post up something that the government doesn't know about. I'm not following it up. Do they even have cases there? Fuck, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, how are you going to know? Exactly. How, how are you going to know unless you go there? Because what they put out is what they want us to see, right? Yeah. So if, these, if the CCP have put up this, this video of this doctor or whatever, he's putting a swab in an ass. Are they having? Are they taking the piss with that? They're saying, "Let's see how dumb everyone is and see who starts getting anal swab." We like, never know. That's what bro, I mean. We never know. Like when I, when I when I saw the when I saw like the masks thing, look, people are going to have their opinions. There's no right or wrong answer here because everyone's going to have their ways of thinking, and that's fine. Man, everyone can do what they want. I personally don't see the the the. I don't see how it significantly dropped the cases. I know with. You know, if you're getting operated on and the doctor's wearing one, it's because he doesn't want to put his spit into your open wound and potentially get you sick if he, you know, whatever bacteria he's holding. So yep. I get that concept, but I don't, I don't get when you, when you double or triple your mask, like you may as well just stop breathing, right? Because what air is going to come in and out of that of that that passage where you've really isolated? You may as well smoke a packet a day. You're doing the same <laughs> yeah. fucking thing, right? Um, but we're getting a little, uh, little like, sidetracked. But yeah, no. Yeah, the, my whole point is like with, with all these topics is once again each of their own but what I like to say to people is before you think do your research Definitely. before you, you believe something do your research Definitely. and before you see something as 100% truth open your eyes and do your research so it's all, all, all I like to say is mainly follow the money because as we've been saying through this Very whole true. thing is the money will answer the majority of questions. It does. It always does, man. Yeah. That's where the, the – that's so true, man. The truth always lies in the money. And the more and more you start to look at it and follow it and just apply it to anything, um, money is the root of everything we're seeing. It's true, man. And the crazy thing about money, when you reach a certain point, right, like if you're earning the dollars, where does it stop? You know what I mean? Like if you get to $10 million net worth, do you stop or do you keep trying to grow that net worth? Most people try and grow that net worth, right? Because yeah. the, the ceiling is completely uncapped. There's no roof over there. So <clears throat> money has a weird way of doing things. It changes us. That's the first thing. A lot of people don't realize what money does. Unless you have a very sound mind and you understand the fundamentals of it. Uh, I would have to slightly disagree. It does, my, money doesn't change you. I believe money only exposes who you really are. That's a very great point. But, that, but then exposing yeah. you would probably change you in a way, right? Like, so the way I see it is if you were, say, very egoistic and prideful, yep. when you didn't have money, you just didn't have the means to show it. Now you do. When you have the money, it would just reveal who you truly were mm. to start off with. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I like to look at it. That's a very good point, man. Because yeah. you always look at money is not a bad thing. No, it's, it's how you thing. use it. It's exactly. how you use it. And it's how you let it, let it influence you and what you do man, with it. There's exactly. some wealthy people like, 
and I, that's why I actually look up to wealthy people, especially in what I do as an entrepreneur and in you know business. People like to say, look at people with wealth mm. and kind of despise them. Mm. When in reality, if you're focusing on that, you're not going to get that. Yeah, I respect people that have money. I like to learn from them. I Definitely. like to read about them, see what they do, what they've done right. And you start to realize a lot of these people are not as selfish as many people think. Yep. They're not these hateful, prideful, egoistic people. They're actually no. not. You, you might look. There is some, but it doesn't mean you judge everybody based on them. No, no, not at all. I, I, I know quite a few people with, with, with money and, and um, even people that I don't know, like the Richard Branson's and all this sort yeah. of thing. There's a lot of things you would learn from these people even before they made their money. That's where the important information is. Richard Branson not finishing school and attempting all these businesses and starting with the Virgin, the music and then the mobiles. Yeah. And his story is, is amazing. Um, again, I don't know the guy, I don't know what he's like, but fuck – the, the important thing I find with money is where the, where the journey started, you know, because that's really how you see the path they took and the journey they took to make their money. Um, that's the beautiful thing about ex- success, <laughs> you, right? You see people with like hundreds of millions of dollars and they're so humble and normal. <laughs> you see people from Sydney with a million dollars and Bro, you, I remember, they're boasting I'll, 10 times harder than those. I'll, I'll never forget this clip I watched. It was a long time ago. It was this, it was this accountant uh, from California, I think it was. And he was giving his feedback about money. And he's saying he has some of the, the most uh, – his clients come in, they, they drive a Bentley, they're dressed in head-to-toe gold and Louis Vuitton, all this stuff. And he goes, well, I do their accounts and they have no money. They have nothing. Mm. He goes, the people come in in a, in a Toyota Camry dressed in normal clothes. They're have loaded. wealth you couldn't even yeah. fathom. That's what he says, something like that. You couldn't even fathom how much wealth they have. And it's because they haven't let the money – as you said, right, hasn't let, let them change or not change them. But the money hasn't really exposed who they really are because of who they, they really are is a real person. They're just smart and know how to make money. And, and this, this is the big thing. We, we have a bad problem yeah. in Sydney now. Ma- with look, ma- material things are nice. There's yeah. nothing wrong with them. Yeah. I personally have a lot of material things. It's, if they're taken away from you, are you the same person? No, that's it's, right. it's, it's, If you remain the same person, that means they didn't, never defined you. Hundred percent. You know, you can take things away from me. I'm still the same guy that you've always known. The the best and example I think, and the best example was Conor McGregor for me. Yeah, because he came from shit. You know, he came from the slums of Ireland. He made all this money, and it, there was so much shit he was doing that you'd see glimpses of. He was out bending at cocaine, hooking mm. up with hookers, you know, all this stuff, and. You started to really see the arrogance come through and now he's sort of changed his tune a little bit because he's now humbled by getting beaten a few times. But he was on this fucking success wave. He fights Floyd Mayweather, 100 million, blah, blah, blah. And then he just goes on. And you just see from where he was to where he is now and then you compare him. Again, I'll use Khabib as another example. Khabib's made yeah. a lot of money. Khabib's still the same dude all the way exactly. through. Exactly. That's the best example where you can see and that just shows how people... A piece of paper and a digital number changes... Like reveals a whole person. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But um, well, bro, is um, is there anything else you want to? No, I mean, I've covered everything. (laughs) I I I really, I really wanted people to just really understand the banking system. Yeah, I I really, yeah, I really wanted them to know where their money comes from, how it originated, who the Reserve Bank is, and you know who's really behind. Yeah, you know everything in the world. Um, And how do people get in touch with you? I'll I'll share all your. I'll link you. you I've got. I've got my. um, Social media, so yeah. at Philip Saloom, yeah. Philip.saloom, one L. 
um, for the Philip, double for the Saloon. I've got Opes Trading Group on, on Instagram. And you're doing courses for Opes yeah, Trading? Yeah, so I do, I do live courses. I do one-on-ones. I do, you know, recorded video courses. I have the whole lot. Awesome. I educate people on the financial, you know, markets. Well, mate, anyone that's interested, definitely yeah. uh, hit up Phil because he's, uh, he's on to something. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing that. something right. But Phil, I appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Thank you. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. No worries, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Thanks.